Are you tired of dealing with rising labor costs, struggling to do more with less, or just want to have your time back to focus on your company's vision? In this episode of Bootstrappers, we have the answer, and it is the shocking truth about virtual assistants. Welcome back to Bootstrappers, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs scale their business with remote teams. I'm your host, Gwen Aspen, alongside my spouse and business partner, Jeremy Aspen of Anaquim, where we've helped hundreds of companies with highly skilled virtual assistants. So on today's episode, we're talking about the shocking truth of virtual assistants. Yeah. And what I really wanted to focus on today, Jeremy, was I I do think that some of the roles that we've put remote people in would be shocking because they're so high end. And people don't think that you can actually accomplish that high end of positions in a foreign country with the kind of labor and with that name, virtual assistants. There's a... Spectrum kind of like when back from when we first started to now, and that must, you know, well, about 15 years ago, when we would tell people that we had people working in other countries, they were they were shocked that it was even a thing. And then it wasn't too many years later, you know, even before um, the pandemic that we'd already been hiring for. I know we have uh, vice presidents. I know we had a vice president hired at a property management company in in uh, for a property management company in Texas, and uh, they ended up actually moving from Mexico to the United States to fill that position because essentially it became you know they recruited them from Mexico to go work up there, and they're still doing that work. Um, I mean, there's so other I just examples. To talk about a few of the jobs. So, like uh, one of them, and just kind of bringing it down a notch from vice president, but we had people who managed whole property management portfolios as true, not a property property management assistants, but as property managers living and working in Mexico. Yeah, if you're hiring uh, virtual assistants or what we call remote professionals, keep your eyes open. Like, because um, at, at our company here in Nebraska, Wistar Group, we had uh, several property managers. They were the property managers. Now, obviously they had to send their eyes and ears out, uh, through the maintenance team or through the leasing team to get some of that eyes on stuff. But, uh, they handled portfolios, uh, each, I think. Talk to the owners. Talk to the, uh, that's a good point. Yep. Uh, They talked to the owners. They managed the budgets. They bear, they approved the bills. They explained the bills to the owners when they asked, they really had a very thorough knowledge and their portfolio. Any issues uh, with tenants, they dealt with that. Any like people who just terrorized the house, they handled that. Like literally everything a property manager. Yeah, and their um, portfolio was somewhere in the neighborhood of, for a while, 400 units. And 400, and we even had, there was some time where they had up to 600 units and they were the property manager. Now, those those property managers in Mexico sometimes had assistants or they had entire departments that were helping them to manage the entire um, system. But it was a really, I mean, it's- High-end job. Yeah, it, it's not an easy job and they're high caliber people. Don't discount them just because they're from another country. So here's another example. Um, I know- remote professionals who have put on entire conferences for the property management industry. So what that means is from the inception of the idea to um, hiring the speakers, uh, managing the speakers, what they're going to talk about, reviewing the slides with them, that kind of thing, negotiating rates, 
putting together the agenda, working on the budget with food and entertainment, put it, uh, getting apps. You know, a lot of the conferences, they have an app where you can see everything. I mean, literally start to finish, done with somebody from Mexico, putting on basically the entire thing. And, um, and I mean, they would fly up to this one. I, I don't remember which one. The one I'm specifically thinking of, I think it was in Vegas. They flew up to Vegas. They put it on and all that. But that's done remotely from Mexico. The um, so do you remember we there's a there was one of our employees that worked for it was a mobile park facility and he started off just doing a little bit of a project and man he ended up becoming uh I think he's in charge of about like seventeen communities or something these days really yeah I mean they. And then I think he's, yeah, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of director or something like that. But I mean, it's, it, it it's I have it. another one. I have another one. All right. I'm going to one up you. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember one guy, his name's David. David came on, I think as a graphic designer or in the marketing functionality, working for a property manager. David redid all of his processes and procedures, rewrote them from scratch, organized it. Then, he brought on new people in Mexico to work under him, was running the whole property management company. So the owner got super bored so because he didn't have Poor a guy. job anymore. So then he started a training company. So then he's managing a training. He builds up the training company. Then David got his number two to manage the property management company. Then David becomes the president of the training company. Oh, yeah. That's so, a one up. So I, I mean, that was good. Yeah. So there are ways that like these people can grow. And I want to give you a, a personal example. We had somebody who started as uh, taking the midnight calls at our at rent manager call center, taking maintenance, uh, emergency maintenance, uh, leasing call overflow calls for a rent manager system. She started out in the midnight center and now she's kind of your right hand. Oh yeah. Person. That was only a couple of years ago she and, started. And I mean, she re, uh, went up the ranks very quickly and now she manages quality control at Anna company. Yeah. Um, what's another one that you can think of, or do you want me to keep going? <laughs> keep going. I've got, well, I mean, we've got, there's little things like the legal or paralegals because there are people in other countries that can do the, the paralegal work marketing. I mean, it's, it's almost everything. What you got to make sure you don't do is let our innate biases get in the way of finding, of letting yourself use, utilize people's capabilities. Okay. So I've got another one. So at Anaquim, Anaquim is actually two companies. We have Anaquim US and Anaquim Mexico. And for a long time in Mexico, you needed somebody who lived in Mexico, still very difficult to do this, to be the primary owner. So our friend, our very first employee at Anaquim became yeah. the owner of Anaquim, Mexico. Yeah, that's true. And uh, she thought Anaquim was going to be like a little baby company, but it turned into like a thousand person company. But she managed Ma uh, Anaquim, Mexico until we became the primary owners through a lot of legal paperwork. And, Lots of legal paperwork. Uh, but I mean, she even ran our entire country. Yeah, of and, the business for many, I think five, six years. And all this just to say that there, there, 
there's so much opportunity in hiring from a global workforce that um, a lot of times we don't give ourselves the uh, permission to do so. I know I've mentioned this on another show or two that often uh, we'll get people saying, yeah, but you're taking jobs from Americans. So a couple of things. Um, importantly, probably mostly we're taking jobs from Singapore, right? I mean, or, or uh, the Philippines. You know, that's a lot of times where the jobs come for. But more importantly than that is that uh, what we do is we mar we match people together. We match talent with companies that are looking for talent, and we make those American companies more profitable because the labor is less expensive. Our culture of being more of a we're, we're a pretty good uh, nurture kind of feely co country, our, so, and our that works really well against the more patriotic managerial style of a lot of Mexican companies and, and owners down there. And we have another podcast. So people are happy working for American companies. Americans are we're really nice. And it's almost as good as working for Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, we do tend to be really sweet. Uh, we do care here in the United States, largely about the well being of our employees. And that, um, contrasted with what, you know, as sometimes very disappointing circumstances in Mexico for the work uh, culture comes together and really turns into something special. Okay. So I want to go through another job that uh, our whole call center is uh, basically managed by Mexico, Mexicans. The, oh, yeah. We, how many doors do we manage in that call oh, center? Oh, right I think now? the call center must be at 120,000 doors. So we've got, yeah, that that's a kind of a neat story because we obviously had the call center being run out of the United States for a while. Um, but we've run into very talented people through the call center and it's become kind of a filtering device. And they, they, people understand what a pitched roof is or what, you know, what, what it means to actually be cold outside. And those people end up being able to just kind of flourish in the, in the call center space. And they turn it into something that and they do such a good job. Man, they And they manage, I mean, it's a huge business division of our company and it's completely managed by people from Mexico. Yeah. I mean, we, they, they, that company essentially just runs itself down in Mexico. I, I get a report once a month about what happened and, and that's it. Okay. So one more um, is that uh, we have our HR director for Antiquim, Mexico, and he lives and works in Mexico. And he's managing all the HR functions there. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's the caliber of person. So, think of it like so. He comes from uh, what's the name of the company? Liverpool. Liverpool, which in Mexico it's is like the Mexican Macy's. It's like the Mexican. It's actually more. It's probably more like J.C. Penney's because Liverpool is everywhere. Well, Macy's is everywhere. Is it's it? Not, we don't have one here. I don't. Oh, we, we just live in suck. Nebraska. <laughs> live in Nebraska. But anyway, so yeah, he uh, he left Liverpool and started working for us. And so he runs obviously all the HR in our own company, but he also uses his his talent and spreads them throughout to all. So all of our remote professionals in Mexico report to, um, his name is Hector. And Hector is a very high caliber HR fella that, that Came from like big, big, big business, corporate, big corporations yeah. down there. Yeah, it, it, it's all accessible and it's a fun environment. So um, I think the 
I hope we shocked you all enough. Yeah, just like shocking. in the title. <laughs> the shocking truth of remote professionals. But um, I mean, I think the keys are is when you high when you hire high caliber people, and then obviously there's coaching and nurturing that goes into making them the people that really run your business divisions, run your business, essentially. I mean, people that you could never operate without. Yeah. And um, I just went to a seminar through Entrepreneurs Organization, and they were saying that people don't want to be managed, they want to be coached. And I think that that's just a really good point right now, is if you um, take the time to really coach your folks uh, that are working for you, whether they're domestic or abroad, and you coach them and make them into better professionals, give them big goals, give them big projects, give them KPIs, ask them to be accountable for that, you can get this crazy high caliber of talent and effectiveness from your remote team members. Yeah, do all that and then just let it go. If you're one of those business owners and you feel like there is just not enough time in the day to get everything done, you're super overwhelmed, you don't have the labor that you need, you don't have the talent, maybe you're being held hostage by your employees that you have in the United States and you're just dealing with somebody that makes your life miserable and it's like, this is your company, but somehow you're miserable because you're like, working with this person that is mean to you every day. That actually happened. Yeah, like they, they feel like they, or they intuitively understand that they've got leverage over you yes. because you can't afford to lose them. And if you just really are not loving your business, I just implore you to think about it, maybe reframe it and think about how maybe broadening your labor pool, broadening your labor search to people in Mexico could really change the game and make it so that you have enough people to do the work that you have with paying prices that are 60% less than you would in the U.S. market and getting the talent that builds you up, makes you feel like, oh my gosh, we have this with positivity and um, with effectiveness and excitement for the role. All that is possible with using you know, labor from Mexico. Yeah. You don't need to be tired. You don't, you don't need to drudge through the, through the day, through the day, just because you've got to walk on, you got to walk on eggshells to make sure that the, the, the skeleton staff that you've got are all happy and content, which is important, but there starts to be a point where they, they kind of lever that against you and you find yourself doing toxic. things. Yeah. And you start to do things that you don't really probably shouldn't be, it's not your highest and best use of your time. And then, so if you do find yourself in that position where somebody's just not working out in your office, you can just hire someone remotely on the side, train them up and then um, alongside while that person is working. And then when you end up letting that toxic person that's been holding you hostage for months go, you already have your remote staff trained up and ready to go. And don't think of it just from your own perspective, because it is very likely that while that's true at the ownership level of a business where you feel like you're being held hostage, managers and supervisors suffer from the same thing. They have employees that they're probably necessarily compensating for just so that the boat doesn't get rocked too much that it starts to lilt. Um, and so really finding the right lift, talent. Not lilt, list. <laughs> finding the right talent uh, uh, that really adds to your team, 
prevents them from being stressed out too. Yeah. The people, the real, those real winners on your team, if they have to work with, you know, people that aren't helping out, it kills the vibe. Yeah. So really finding the right talent, whether it's a, a, in Mexico or even, I guess, domestically, that's what will make them like their jobs better. So I hope that's helpful. I hope you now understand the shocking truth of virtual assistants. And uh, we'll see you on the next show of Bootstrappers. 